whoosh. Bzzz. It's the queen herself in Mothra versus Godzilla. How you gonna do those sound effects? I'm very glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. We're trying our best to stay alive. Join What's me. up, Alex? Oh, there he is. He <laughs> jumped in before he, ready before anything even happened. It's like he was like telepathic, telepathic. like those twins. Yep, I'm here. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> doing good. I'm Alex, by the way, everybody. I'm doing good. You know, I, just, I got so much Mothra pumping through my veins, so I did a little. I did a little extra credit. We're eventually going to do an episode on Mothra, uh, mm-hmm. but it's a ways down, and I've never seen it, so I'd always wanted to check it out. And it's really not bad. It my problems with it are kind of the problems I have with this film. So <laughs> I'll share more about the film itself in some of our discussion, but. Just so you know, if you're a first-time listener, never heard of Mothra, you don't need to see that movie to understand this one. So no no monster news this week, but I did have a kaiju lesson question for you, Alex. Uh, what you, who, who was you going to ask about? So there's these different eras, right? Once again, I don't really know much about kaiju overall. Right? I'm just taking these films one at a time. So I know there's different eras involved with the Godzilla films. Uh, and the first one's the Showa era. So I was wondering, what are these eras? What is the Showa era? What makes that distinct? Okay. So the Showa era, the one that we're in right now, maybe we'll, maybe we'll save Hasai for uh, when we finally get to those movies. Yeah. So the Showa era is in reference to the Japanese emperor Hirohito. Hmm. I mean, he's, he's really kind of responsible for Pearl Harbor. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he really is. He, he was he was the leader at the time. He's the one that formed the alliance with Nazi Germany. And, you know, he, maybe in retrospect, he's probably not a good guy. So this is uh, named after him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So right. the Showa era is really his time to shine. The weird thing is, okay, so the Showa period goes all the way apparently until 89. Mm-hmm. But as far as I could tell through all the research I've done, I mean, his time kind of ends in the middle of these movies. Yeah, what marks it distinct? Like, is there something that's like, all right, now we're at the end of one era and we're going to move on to another era. Is there anything that makes it distinct? Or is it just, is it after the fact, fans have come back and been like, all right, this is the Showa era because this. Well, the the Showa era itself, it it's distinct because... It runs about 15 movies, and it ends with the film Terror of Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. So as you've seen, maybe barring the exception of the first film, really, but these movies are all running in a sequential order. Godzilla kind of he kind of pops back up in a similar fashion after the previous movie, especially like if you look at raids, uh, Godzilla raids again. Mm-hmm. He ends up in an ice cube, and he pops back out of an ice cube <laughs> <laughs> and uh king kong versus godzilla yeah there's just it's kind of a loose continuity it does really start to pick up between mothra and Ghidorah, which is the next film okay. continuity really starts to pick up a little bit but what marks the end is 
Godzilla eventually sees diminishing returns mm-hmm. when they start focusing on smaller and smaller children in their films. And you. eventually you see it kind of take an upturn towards the end because they realize what's what's not working. Right. And after Terror Mecha Godzilla, Godzilla goes on hiatus for ten years. Okay, so that's 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 kind of it. That marks it, right? It's like a hiatus. Right. Okay. And and right. It, it's a complete stop that storyline. When Godzilla resurges in nineteen eighty four, it's a new Godzilla okay. that's only attachment to these this era of films is the first movie. Cool. Well, I'm sure we'll have more discussion as you know we get there. Uh, the differences, probably the stylistic differences between the eras, um, the storyline differences. But how about we get into this week's film? As the fourth release of the Showa era, Mothra vs. Godzilla holds a high place among kaiju fans. Hailed as the Mach 3 Moth versus the heavy missile tank Godzilla, Ichiro Hondo's third film in the series builds upon his work in the standalone monster film Mothra, which is based on the serial novel Voluminous Fairies and Mothra. That film, released in 1961, introduced Infant Island, a nuclear test site and home to a new supernatural occurrences not yet seen in the Godzilla filmverse. Now, there's no denying that Mothra's unique abilities make her stand out. Silk shot, hurricane winds, poison powder... But what else do kaiju fans appreciate about Mothra? What is her place in the Godzilla universe? And are you a fan of this flying fairy moth queen? <laughs> well, in short, Alex, yeah, I am. I, I am a fan of Mothra as a monster. Um, I didn't really think I was the first viewing, but as you're going to see here uh, in this podcast, my, my thoughts have changed significantly uh, after the first viewing. So she's different, really, than anything else in a quirky sort of way. She has awesome powers, as you mentioned in that introduction. But here is where my issue comes into play. I do have one issue. I question her place within the Godzilla franchise. I guess, I mean, this is my hot take here, because I know many Kaiju fans will disagree with me. I think Mothra only fits into this universe retroactively. Like, you can look back now and appreciate her, but in this film, at this moment, I, I don't really see how it fits. Um, she's elegant. She's graceful, especially compared to the destructive Godzilla. Her design and colors are beautiful. But here's what I'll say, and, and I'm sure we'll get into this more. King Kong versus Godzilla grew on me, just like Mothra versus Godzilla grew on me the second viewing. Um, first time through, I didn't really get it. And it's because of this. In, in fantasy films that I watch, in sci-fi films that I watch, I want there to be some established rules. And so far in this universe, we've had one basic rule. We have an ordered universe with one exception, and that's giant monsters. Here, in Mothra versus Godzilla, we break that ordered universe and create a disordered universe by introducing new rules. Now we have new supernatural elements as introduced by Infant Island. We have the the mini twins, uh, <laughs> which are characters <laughs> of themselves. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, but for me, this kind of came out of nowhere. I, I recognize the fact that I know there are going to be more supernatural and sci-fi elements um, in future films, but that did bother me. I, I've appreciated that fact in the first three Godzilla films. We have a really ordered universe, but now, uh, and then something big, gigantic, Godzilla coming to disrupt that. How are people going to respond? 
this one kind of disrupted that flow for me. Um, but what about you? What do you think? What do you think of Mothra as a monster? Does she work for you in this film? What do you think about the film overall? I'm of a similar mindset as you. I'm a big sci-fi fan. I like hard sci-fi films. And Godzilla does go that way eventually. And it, it's it's kind of there now. But Mothra really throws a curveball for the series. I mean, this is the first supernatural thing that we see. And it stays with the series. And the twins have always kind of been a sore spot for me. I've never found them to be particularly interesting. <laughs> you know, there are aspects that I like. The most interesting thing about the twins to me is that they're they were real life idols together. It's called the Peanuts, and they're actual twin sisters and everything. Really, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, that that's like the most interesting thing to me is that they actually through their entire lives pretty much had to perform the same routine that they do in this movie, which is talking <laughs> the same. Yeah, except for in their performances, they sang at the same time, and their voices were just slightly different. So mm. it kind of sounded like the same person was singing twice, and they're running the lines yeah. at the same time. And so them working together at <laughs> the same time wasn't unusual. And it's kind of cool, but it also wears thin when you have to listen to probably maybe even eight minutes of this film was dedicated to them singing the same song <laughs> over and over. You you were enchanted by the Mother theme? It, it's really, it's actually pretty fun at first yeah. and it gets stuck in your head. But when it keeps going, it gets annoying. Yeah, it's stuck in my head right now, but I'm not going to sing it for you. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that that shtick, it really wears thin, especially since I watched the film Mothra beforehand, where this shtick is still there. It's the same It's the same song? It's the same song. Nice. It's not sung as much, and I might even like Mothra more than this one. Hmm. I would say they're more interesting in the previous film than they are in this one, but as a supernatural element, I, I'm not sold on it yet. Yeah, And I've come around on Mothra a little bit more than I have. I think her design is uninspired compared to most Godzilla characters, uh, mm -hmm. even the few that we've seen already. Godzilla is a cooler design than Mothra. Angerous, I think, is a cooler design than Mothra. Mothra is just a... Angerous? No. <laughs> Mothra is cooler yeah, than Angerous. <laughs> but Mothra is just a giant moth. All they did was yeah. blow her up. But... It's more than just a blown up moth. It's the colors of Mothra, right? Like that. Right. There's there's something about that orange and black. I don't know. She's she's different. She's more elegant, right? She's not this. Now the larvae, <laughs> larvae are a different story, right? Those things are ugly. We'll talk about that. But I don't know. I I was kind of sold on Mothra, just not her place in the universe. It seems maybe you are a little more hesitant towards Mothra as a monster. I wasn't quite as hesitant. I was just more hesitant towards her within this Godzilla film. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I am like a vehement Mothra hater uh, <laughs> previously. But I this viewing, I did come around a lot more on Mothra than I remember. Like, I, I liked her a lot more. I just... That feeling that she's just an exaggerated version of a moth, rather, whereas Godzilla is like, you know, he's like, he's pretty original for the most part. Mm -hmm. I, I know you don't, you apparently don't like Angerus, but I like Angerus because you don't see him much in the movie, but you know, he's got spines on his back. He's got cool <laughs> abilities that we don't see in that movie. Well, maybe but, I like Angerus more later, but. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. But future and past designs. I don't really love Mothra's until at least maybe the 2019 Godzilla King of the Monsters. And then that design is awesome. 
<laughs> what do you think about some of the themes in this film? The film actually has a few themes, and <laughs> it's interesting. So there's this theme at the beginning of the film that I thought was going to maybe pervade throughout the movie, but it's it's really only in the initial scenes, and maybe maybe being at just the beginning of the movie indicates that maybe the these themes are a thing of the past, and. That was the movie opens with a shot of these crashing waves destroying this project. And there's this kind of irony where they're saying, Congratulations, Karata Coast Reclamation Project complete. And this, these waves and nature are just taking back this project that's supposed to be getting all this water out, pumping it out, making it, making this space available to build on. And nature's taking it back before they could even take the banner down for celebrating it. <laughs> it's kind of like Godzilla. He's a force of nature. And Japan keeps rebuilding and he keeps reappearing. You know, I thought that was a pretty cool theme. But then, well, that's it. And I think that might be it for the rest of the Showa era. <clears throat> because for the last two films, we haven't really seen Godzilla go into the city. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe it's something we're leaving him behind, which is kind of sad because, you know, Godzilla, I like him more as a menacing figure than I do kind of what he's become in the last two movies, even though I love I King Kong versus Godzilla. But my feelings for that movie are about the movie, not about Godzilla, if you, right. that makes any sense. Yeah. That opening scene kind of plays into the overall theme. The entire movie is kind of about rebirth. And, yeah. you know, that Karata project, it does come back. They do yeah. complete it, only to have it ruined all over again uh, by Godzilla when he wakes up from the earth, from that, right. his, I guess, his mud bath that he's been yeah. taking. Yeah. And we see that with Mothra when she dies and her two twins come back. And it's kind of cool to see a film about rebirth from Ishiro Honda when all we've gotten is kind of parody and destruction from him so far. And so I guess in that way, it's new territory. But it also, as someone who just watched Mothra, it feels kind of like a rehash. I mean, Mothra was a movie about someone kidnapping the twins and selling tickets to see them. And Mothra comes Mm -hmm. to save them. Mm -hmm. This movie has Mothra's egg being kidnapped, the twins going to save them, and Mothra going to save them. I just think it's, you know, we're repeating the same mistakes. Infant Island is this beautiful island. In Mothra, it still has like kind of wasteland aspects to it, but it, and we catch a glimpse of it in this film that lush little tropical paradise that looks like it's underground. But mm-hmm. there's a lot more of that in in Mothra. The end of that film, it's like, oh well, we're gonna stop doing doing these nuclear tests. Well, no, we didn't. <laughs> we keep doing it, and we keep doing yeah. it. And now Infant Island's in worse shape than it's ever been. Yeah. And it seems like everyone's been driven underground. I mean, that's yeah. kind of essentially what the movie feels like it's about to me. What about you? Right. Well, I haven't seen Mothra, so I can't really speak to that. Um, but to me, this is just Ichiro Honda once again telling us something beyond just the surface level. And we talked about in King Kong versus Godzilla how that was a satire. There's some satirical elements here. They're not as strong. This is a more, there's a more serious tone here in Mothra versus Godzilla, but there are some satirical moments. You've got Kumiyama and Torahada. These are the masterminds behind exploiting Mothra and exploiting those local resources, including their fellow humans. They're creating a theme park called Happy Amusement Center, 
right? <laughs> These are the people who ultimately kill each other in the end just to get a little bit of money. Yeah. There's something satirical happening there, right? Um, Honda's, once again, he's building upon what he did in, in King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, but I think in a sly way, he's also critiquing culture and he's critiquing us as an audience. So you mentioned the beginning of the film. Um, despite the fact that I don't think Mothra fits into this film, Honda seems in that opening, he seems to actually be directing, directly critiquing my criticisms of Mothra. I don't think Mothra fits into the film because I'm like, Mothra is not a destructive force of nature, right? Really, in reality, right. Mothra is, is helping humanity. So I'm like, how does this fit? But I think that's actually what Honda is criticizing. You, at the beginning of the film, you've got the main character, the journalist, Ichiro Sakai. Um, he's played by Akira Takaranda, Takarada. He's joined by the photographer, Yoka, played by Yuriko Hoshi. Now, she's examining the scene there at the beginning, um, which was that major destruction of the project created by this tsunami. She tells Akira, I'm looking for a theme. He responds, your theme is the tsunami. Just photograph the damage and make it snappy. That's what we're looking for as audience members when we're watching these films most of the time, right? We're looking for Godzilla to just destroy everything uh, because humanity is evil. Um, I think what Honda's doing there is he's making this reporter us, or at least the general viewing audience. He's saying, wait a minute, you need to look a little bit closer. You need to be more like the photographer here. Take a closer look. There's actually more going on than you think. I think Mothra actually is the embodiment of this idea. She's that beauty over the chaos. She's that theme over the destruction. So what do you think? As a monster, I know you, you've said a little bit, you don't think Mothra works. But maybe the larvae, the larvae, the lar. how do you say that? The larva. larva? <laughs> the plural larvae. What do you think of Mothra and her children, we'll say, as a monster? There's aspects of both iterations of Mothra that I like and don't like. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really split on Mothra. I feel like the human elements in this film are really interesting, right? I mean, yeah. the, bat, the antagonists of this film are interesting. And they meet a pretty cool end. Mothra has a pretty cool encounter with Godzilla. And it kind of doesn't have a cool end, right? I mean... Mm -hmm. Okay, so Mothra, as a moth, I always call her a butterfly for some reason. Um, <laughs> Despite the but, name. Yeah, yeah. It's not butterfly. -er. Mothra as a foil to Godzilla is pretty interesting. You know, it's this fantastical giant insect that has powers that we haven't seen before and are very mm -hmm. different from Godzilla. Yeah. Godzilla's one unique power at least at this point, is that he breathes fire or he mm -hmm. has atomic breath. Well, Mothra's got super speed, I guess you could call me. She's just giant and flying, but in that it causes destruction. Mm -hmm. It's like the equivalent of probably throwing like tornadoes at somebody. Yeah, like it's a hurricane. You know, she can create the winds of a hurricane. Right, right. And so she's got that. She's got poisonous paralytic powder yeah. that she just sh shimmies all over her enemies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then, and then her little iterations. Uh, the cool thing about them is that they really they show off the intelligence of Mothra. That's yeah. one of that's one of the really cool things about the small ones. They they shoot silk out, and they 
are like, remarkably intelligent. We see that in the final battle. That's one of the best parts of the final battle is mm-hmm. watching these two other turds. Yeah. Because that's exactly <laughs> what they look like, right? I mean, they, they look like someone inflated a brown balloon and just pushed it out in the water to float around. <laughs> I mean, the, the, yeah. the design on these are atrocious, especially now after many years not knowing, but... In the original Mothra film, the larva, it, it's similar shape and everything, but the coloration, it's got so much detail. It looks so much better. And to think that they, <laughs> they they took like three steps back with this design to make two floating turds, it's unreal. <laughs> seeing their intelligence, seeing them like storm the beaches of Normandy against Godzilla, this much yeah. more superior being, it's pretty cool, at least at first, until we spend five minutes watching one poke its head out of a hole shoot yeah. <laughs> shoot silk and then the other one grab it grab its tail and just get whacked for the entire yeah. movie yeah. It, i don't know man it, i'm really split on it. it's got cool abilities i'm not a big fan of the design but you are yeah i mean okay so my favorite shot of the movie happens on infant island and as i said i like the design of mothra there's that shot on the island we get our heroes in the foreground Mothra's in the background. The twins are singing their prayer to her. She's on the sacred rock and the sun is shining down on her. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about Mothra's elegance, right? It's Mm -hmm. that shot. But other elements of Infant Island I don't like. I actually think the film is a little bit weaker when we go to Infant Island because, as I said, I I like these, these themes that Honda's bringing out, but it becomes a little bit on the nose when we get to Infant Island. Just about... The, the islanders talking about how bad humans are seems like over and over again, they're not going to help because humans are bad. We get it at that point, right? Until eventually, you know, the photographer saves the day with her rousing speech. Overall, Infant Island was a little creepy. There were some things that I liked about it, but it felt a little bit like a rehash, as you said, of Mothra. And even going back to King Kong versus Godzilla, where we had mm-hmm. our characters going to an island to find a monster, right? Yeah. Um, but those are things that we are kind of negative about. What else did you appreciate, Alex? Well, you know, you're saying Infant Island, you know, kind of lacks subtlety. Mm-hmm. But there's actually a cool moment that um, made me glad I did watch Mothra. So, you know, when they get there, they get to the underground area and the first thing that they're made to do is drink this like red fluid, right? Right. It's very subtly hinted to by the chief there. But essentially what that fluid does, as we find out in the previous film Mothra, is that it actually gets rid of radiation. Hmm. And so that's what those people have been drinking to keep themselves from dying on that rock. It it actually reminded me of the red drink for better lack of better words. (laughs) The red drink in King Kong versus Godzilla. You know what? I completely forgot. But yeah, it, yeah, right. It's just the red drink keeps coming back up. So. It does. It does keep coming back up. This time, instead of knocking you out, it just saves your life. That's true. Yeah, it's a little different effect. Yeah, but I mean, that is probably the only subtlety on Infant Island. I don't care for Infant Island. Never have. But I think the Godzilla elements in the film actually work pretty well. I mean. We kind of get a sillier Godzilla this time than, I guess, maybe the first two films. Even more, even maybe more silly than King Kong. I mean, this is a, <laughs> this is a clumsy Godzilla. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, within the first probably 10, 20 minutes of him popping out of the ground, he falls twice. Yeah. Once because he gets his tail stuck in a radio tower and it falls on him. Yes. And, I mean, that was done completely for comedy. I don't know what else purpose that, <laughs> that scene would have had. I don't know. This is my thing, right? Like, I, this, is what I was, this is my argument, is that Mothra, to me, doesn't fit into the Godzilla. This is more of a Mothra film with Godzilla tacked on than yes. it is a Godzilla film with Mothra tacked on. Does that make now, sense? I, I, and I think you have a good point, but I think we, I think that's even made more clear by the title of the film, mm-hmm. Mothra vs. Godzilla. Once again, Godzilla doesn't have first billing. This is the second movie in a row that he's got second billing to another character. I think you're right. This is this feels more like a Mothra film with Godzilla in it. Yeah. But, you know, we also get a scene where Godzilla is, he just barely steps. Like, okay, so you know you're walking around and you just twist your ankle because you just lightly <laughs> stepped off a thing and you just... <laughs> You just hit it at that angle when you roll and you go down. Well, uh-huh. he does that, but he does it to a building. And then he proceeds to claw at it, which I thought was kind of weird. Until I read about what actually happened in that scene. <laughs> and it turns out that he was supposed to fall into that building and fall through it. Nice. Well, the first time they did it, the there's two people standing behind the building that are supposed to shove it over. And those two people missed their cue completely. and Or no, the first time they did it too early, so they pushed the building and he fell into nothing. That's the funny. second time, they, they forgot to push it at all, which is when you see him hit the building and nothing really happens to it. Yeah. Because they were supposed to shove it and they just completely weren't paying attention. <laughs> and so that's why he claws at it, is because then they remember to push, and so he's clawing it down <laughs> once they actually started pushing. Some of the Godzilla aspects... Don't make sense, but I like them. But my favorite Godzilla moment is when they're throwing those electric nets on them. Mm. And they start shooting the electricity out of those towers. And I'm like, oh, this is a pretty good human tactic, especially back then. Okay. It might be a good human tactic, but it's not the greatest film moment, right? We get the same film footage about three times in in a row, right? (laughs) Because there's three different nets. Oh, it's the exact same footage three times in a row. The choppers release the same choppers release the same net three times in a row. You might like the idea, but it's not the best. No, no, no. You're, for those of you listening, reused footage becomes a major problem in the future. As budgets get tighter, you're going to start seeing a lot more reused footage from previous movies. Nice. <laughs> This is something that's going to, you might have to get used to, unfortunately. Not in a good way. We'll still criticize it. So I've got a couple things, Alex, before we go on to the awards. I've got a couple things here. Uh, first off, I, I'm I'm with you to an extent. I don't like the final battle, right? It's the larvae are ugly, right? <laughs> and right. You, they're ugly. You, they're turds. You might say they spit beams. I say they spit silly string. Right, like, yeah, and that's what do. it looks it like. Is. Um, and it just feels kind of strange. It goes on forever. They must have really sharp teeth because that bite on Godzilla's tail seems like you know it's the end of the world for Godzilla. Um, but there are two two other things though that I did really like. They're just random points. One, uh, whenever the heroes go to Infant Island, they see the scariest monster in this thing. It's this little skeleton turtle that's in the background. If anyone else knows yeah. that skeleton turtle, let me know because 
This yeah. thing is so creepy. It is not ever mentioned. You're like, all right, there's a skeleton turtle right there. <laughs> it is creepy. <laughs> I noticed that. But my question is, okay, so there's a skeleton turtle there, but its head moves slightly <laughs> when they walk by. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, is that thing a skeleton or not? I have no idea what it is, man. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's a monster. A it's, it's, a, it's a living skeleton of a turtle. It's the scariest thing in this film. Uh, <laughs> but I also thought it was funny that just another random point, the clown character again, like the, the goofball um, at the newspaper yeah. office. He is the one that comes up with the idea to defeat Godzilla by suggesting, let's ask Mothra for help. Once again, it's the idiot who saves the world, right? That's think that's three films in a row. Yeah. Three films in a row. The idiot saves the world. So I thought that was pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move into our awards. Alex, who was your coolest character? From this film, hands down, it's Jiro Nakamura. <laughs> this is the guy. This is the guy I was just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the guy who manages to not only save Japan, but he's a character whose love of eggs is insatiable, <laughs> and his resilience in his attempt to eat an egg is something to be inspired about. <laughs> I mean. I, I've I've never cared about something as much as this man ha- does an egg. Yeah, he cares about his eggs. I mean, not only that, but he comes up with a way to save Japan off the cuff yeah. while eating an egg. I mean, <laughs> who else could do that? He's incredible. <laughs> well, as opposed to your coolest character, mine is a little bit more serious. <laughs> mine is Ichiro Sakai. Now, I haven't talked about this yet, but I actually think this is one of the strengths of the film. Um this is the reporter. This is the reporter who criticizes the photographer at the beginning saying, you know, why are you focusing on the theme? Just focus on the destruction. Here's the thing with uh, Achiro. He grows throughout the film. This might be the first time in any of these four, first four films that we've actually had character development, noticeable character development. Um, he starts off as a naive reporter. He wants to get the job done. But then he experiences like a period of disillusionment. He questions his profession. Why are we even doing this? Um, But then he meets Mothra. He meets the twins. He builds those relationships. And by the end, he's the one who has kind of this, it's becoming a, a trend here in these Honda films where at the end of the film, we've got this theme statement at the end. He's the one that says at the very end, the only way to thank them is by creating a better world. Right. Speaking of Mothra and the Islanders. So I really appreciated his character development throughout the film. He started off selfish and ended up actually caring about others. So I liked him. He is like a really good character in the film. And even the photographer is a pretty good character. The photographer is the like the best hearted character in the film. I'll talk about her in a second. Um, Actually, I'll talk about her right now for my most memorable line award. Um, So. At the island, I did say the island, infant island, was on the nose with how horrible humans are. But of course, the photographer, she's the one that ultimately convinces the islanders, uh, the twins, to have Mothra help humanity. She says this, and this is my most memorable line. I understand why you don't trust us, but even as we speak, many people are dying because of Godzilla. Many of them are good people, but even bad people have a right to live. You may call it divine retribution, but all are equal before the gods. They don't choose sides. I think this is kind of something we're seeing in all of these Godzilla films, right? 
Godzilla as a god, in air quotes, Godzilla as a god, he doesn't choose sides. He's just destroying. Well, if we have the opposite of that in Mothra, Mothra doesn't choose sides. She just saves. What about you, Alex? What's your most memorable line? Well, mine's almost as profound as that one. Um, and we even mentioned it early on, actually. Mm-hmm. But it's Ichiro to Junko. And it's a, at the very beginning of the film, it's almost even the first line. is He tells uh, Junko, just photograph the damage and make it snappy. Yeah, It's a beautiful pun about photography. And uh, <laughs> it's the first really good pun besides... Uh, you know, it's the first good pun out of Godzilla. So yeah. I had to give it an award. I mean, last week's uh, He Won't Make a Monkey Out of Me was pretty funny, but yeah. this is the best one. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I mean, I, also, as I said, I mean, it actually does touch on the one of the things I think Honda's trying to do with this film. So that's a good one. What about the uh, I Can't Believe That Acting Award, Alex? All right. This is one I begrudgingly give. Like, there's there's probably better acting in it, but I cannot think of anything more difficult than being like the twins. So I'm giving it to two people, I guess, technically. But the twins, I mean, their acting is pretty great considering what they have to do every time they're in a scene together. I mean, they have to sync up everything <laughs> for the entire movie. I mean, every single line of dialogue they have to say at the same time. What a pain in the but I mean, holy crap! I, n- no, uh-uh. If I saw that, if I saw that script, I'd be like, no, uh-uh. Get me out of here. I'm not doing that. But I get. Then again, later on, I read they made a whole career out of this. So maybe they loved not having their own identity and just doing everything together. Yeah, it was all a little monotone. But <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I appreciated the twins. I was just thinking back to uh. What if what if we tried to to sync something? We should do that one episode. We should just try to sync our voices, see if we can pull it off like the twins. That'd be great. Eric, we tried to do the Can ending the, at the, the same, same time, time and, and we, we never, never landed. landed. Oh, sorry. I was trying to see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my can't believe this acting award. Um, it's actually what I think is a good moment of acting and editing. Uh, it creates a truly unsettling moment. It's when Torahata, this is the, you know, the money man of the happy amusement park. He's the money man. He's knocked to the floor in the fight and he's bleeding. And there's a weird camera angle uh, that's unnerving, but you can see this look on Torahata's face and it's a look of horror. We see that look at that weird angle and then it cuts immediately to what he's looking at. And it's this frame shot. We see Godzilla in the window coming towards that building. And you understand that look on his face. That's why I can't believe that acting award. That scene is my favorite scene of the film yeah. by far. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really cool. And I also like what happens after that scene is he has an opportunity to escape. Yeah. And instead he takes time to not only kill the other guy, mm-hmm but also pack his suitcase full of money. So, I, you know, I think it says a lot about the two men that are in that room yeah. to make the decisions that they did. Because, you know, he, they, they still, one of them got shot in the back of the head. The other one got crushed by a building. I thought, I don't know. It's my favorite part of that movie. Yeah. Um, next up, the standout effect award. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with the personal effect. There are some effects I found interesting. 
But there was one whenever Godzilla is shooting his atomic breath at a tank and the tank just melts. I don't think it's very realistic, mm-hmm. right? It looks like plastic melting. But it does. But it it does. reminds me of when I was uh, a kid and we used to get those firework tanks. Did you ever get those firework tanks? You know oh, what I'm talking man. about? Yeah. Yeah. Great. yeah. I hadn't seen those in a long time. But we, we got those firework tanks. We'd strap army men to them. Um, we'd strap, strap all sorts of firecrackers, whatever fireworks we could find, we'd strap to these tanks and then we just watch them burn. Like <laughs> very rarely, very rarely did we ever just light a tank and be like, Oh cool. It's a firework tank. No, we strapped that thing up and we watched it burn, man. And that's exactly what it felt like the, the effects people were doing here. They're just like, let's light a plastic tank on fire and watch it burn for a second. But I could see why it would be your favorite effect, though, too, is because it's kind of like the melting rocks. Yeah. It's one of the few examples we get of the actual destructive power of his breath. I mean, we see it light stuff on fire. We see it hit. Angerous and King Kong, but the effects are pretty minimal. Yeah. But seeing it on, you know, our size type items and what it does when it's not facing other behemoths, it's pretty cool. And it's kind of like a reminder of what is actually, mm-hmm. what he's actually capable of. Yeah. What about you? What was your standout effect? Oh man. So my, my favorite effect and, and the reason it's one of my favorites is kind of cool too, but my favorite effect is that it's when he wakes up, the first reveal of Godzilla. Mm. So when they go back to the reclamation project, because that's where they found that radioactive scale yeah. as it turns out of his, uh, and they're standing there and he just crawls out of the ground. Now, logically speaking, there might be some problems with it. Why was he in the mud? Yeah. I guess you could say he, when it, when it was flooded, he was just kind of cooling off, taking a nap. Is this the same Godzilla? We talked about you know different Godzillas so far. Is this the same Godzilla we saw in King Kong versus Godzilla and Godzilla Raids again? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. This is this is the same Godzilla, and so I, him crawling out of that and with Inafube's music, it's it's just a really cool moment. And the reason I really like it is, so I was watching it with Gwen. And as soon as I saw them pull up, I was like, I remember this. I hadn't seen the movie in probably 20 years. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, Gwen, Gwen. I was like, watch. And she, and she watched it and she screamed for Godzilla <laughs> when he came out. She's like, oh, like she absolutely loved the moment. And I was like, you know, it's when an effect can, when you can still remember a part of a movie 20 years mm-hmm. later, that's pretty yeah, cool. Absolutely. Speaking of kids loving Godzilla, you know what time it is, Alec? The ometer, 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 Well, all right, Theo, let's hear it. All right, welcome back to another Theometer. This week, it's Mothra versus Godzilla. You ready, Theo? Yep, I'm so ready. All right, here we go. Here's the first clip. You ready? Okay. Describe what you see. Okay. They, they bite on to Godzilla's tail, and then... He moves like that. What's he doing? He's like dancing. That's what it looks like, doesn't it? Yeah. How do they attack him here? What are they? How are they attacking him? Oh, with water. With water? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's water. Oh, ice. Ice? Maybe. What about web? Yeah, I guess. How, how scary do you think these are, these <laughs> little creatures, these larvae here? Are they scary or are they not scary? Uh... Godzilla is a little bit 
scary. Why? Half is scary too. Why scary? And what about the Mothra right here? Um, that would just be zero. Zero scary. Yeah. I gotta kind of agree. This has been the thermometer this week. Theometer this week. All right, Alex. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's get into our rating and ranking. Um, where would you rate this film and how would you rank it compared to the others? This one's kind of hard for me. Um, on one hand, I really like the human and Godzilla stuff. Like, I, I really like the human stuff. Now, Infinite Island, it's a weak point. Uh, the Twins, a weak point. I like Mothra more now than I ever have, probably. Except for this year's Godzilla movie, 2019's King of the Monsters. Mm-hmm. I think if I had to give it a score, I'd probably give it a 3 out of 5. The pluses really bring up the minuses for me. Like that final battle, it's so lame. Yeah. I, I had a lot more appreciation this time around for seeing the two Mothra's intelligence and seeing their methods of outflanking Godzilla as they slowly wore him down. But the problem is, it, that slow slowly wore it down was depicted in real time and it was just so slow there's a lot of potential for mothra to be interesting going forward you know i don't remember a lot of what happens next so i'm excited to see what happens but what about you well i didn't expect this to be the case but i'm actually rating this movie higher than you alex i'm giving it a three and a half out of five Um, oh my god (laughs) i can't believe this so as i said i I don't have these issues with Mothra. I think Mothra is actually interesting. But once again, I do find her place within this film. It's, it seems a little out of place. Um, if it's a Godzilla film, we don't see Godzilla until we don't get a sniff of Godzilla until 33 minutes into the film, which I find a little problematic. You can argue this is actually a Mothra film, and that's fine. And I, and I get that. Maybe that's just my own problem. Right. And this is what I was saying. I think Honda might be critiquing my own desire for destruction here in a subtle way. There are some interesting things with the themes, um, especially the ones that aren't quite uh, as blunt as the ones on Infant Island. Um, I also just really like the character development that I mentioned. I think we have some of the best human characters here in this film. So overall, I gave it a three and a half out of five. Wow. I can't believe we disagreed on this one. <laughs> this is, a, this is one I thought for sure I would rate higher yeah. than you. Um, but, but also get where you're coming from. And, you know, I've got my own personal hangups with Mothra. I, I sometimes I feel like, uh, she's done something bad to me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't forgive her. Like she just let me down too many times or something. Nah. But, as someone who's first, this is your first encounter with Mothra, mm-hmm. right? Well, so here's what's here's what's ex- exciting for me is I, I watched Mothra vs. Godzilla twice because um, I watched it when you first recommended that we do this podcast and I rewatched it for this episode. But next week when we watch Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, I have not seen this movie yet. So it'll be fresh. It'll be a first viewing, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. This next movie is where... Godzilla's sci-fi elements really kick off yeah. in a pretty cool way. It, it's fun. It's got more action, human action than we've seen. And it's got some kind of cool intrigue. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to see what people think. We're going to start with this question. We're going to start with the question, can Godzilla go good? Is there goodness in Godzilla's nature or is he just protecting himself? 
Um, if you have a, if you have an answer to that, we'd love to read your feedback on the show. Uh, you can email that feedback to mvmpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a message on Twitter, post on Twitter, follow us at MVM underscore pod. Um, of course, you can follow us on our personal accounts as well on Letterboxd. There you'll see our full rankings. Um, so where does this one rank, Alex, for you of the four that we've watched? It's probably one above Raids Again, so it would be second to last. You know, part of me likes Raids Again more, but overall, Raids Again's really missing in a Fube in some pretty pretty big ways that I feel like really affect the film. His score, I feel like, it is essential to any Godzilla movie. Whenever I don't mm-hmm. hear those themes, it really does knock it down a notch for me. So, yeah, I'll say it's above. I'm right with again. you. It's right below the masterpiece that is King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Words I thought I'd never say. <laughs> and right above Godzilla raids again. So it's right there at number three for me currently. I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of movies in that two to three spot gap that I'm we currently forward to have. Maybe, maybe Ghidorah next week will fit in to one of those spots. In honor of the twins, until next week, until next week try, try to stay <laughs> alive. Stay alive. <laughs> I feel like you sabotaged no, it on you, purpose. You sabotaged <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See y'all later. Whoosh, bzzz.